No doubt there is an energy in the room. There's a joy in the room. I'm just thankful with a thousand kids at kids camp that the smell is out of the room. Man, them running around for kids camp every year is such a joy for me and for my kids. One of the highlights for me is Josie and Mac. You've heard their story. I'll let them tell it again sometime. But Mac is a miracle to be part of our family. Mac's parents are some of our dear friends. And just bringing him into this family uh, was a miracle. But this was his first kids camp. And do you know what Mac did? He wasn't probably, God knew, but we didn't know he was supposed to be part of this family. Mac somehow found $46 in his house and from his friends and brought it to kids camp. So we hear a big number, but Mac, as a first grader, bringing $46 and quite a miracle being part of this family is my favorite story of kids camp. Yes, absolutely. And it's an honor just to be sharing with you tonight. Matthew and I, this room is actually really special to us. Over 17 years ago, we met for the very first time, about three rows back right over there. I remember Leah's, the first time her like foot touched my leg right here, (laughs) you know. (laughs) It was a joy to journey together in this space. This space means a lot to us for so many other reasons too. You all celebrated with us as our children got baptized right over here. How many kids here have been baptized in this room? Yes, raise your hand. Wow. Awesome. We celebrate and Kathy, that. Kathy, I, I got to hug Kathy as you came and got baptized just our last service. So baptisms are one of the very special moments. Um, but we've also had um, some of our lowest moments. I often serve communion over here. And if you've walked through this communion line, you've probably, see, you've probably seen me serve you communion with tears in my eyes. And so it's not just the high moments, but also the low moments that make us family. Yeah, yeah, we're thankful to be family here in this space. So we thank you to Pastor Daniel and Lisa for creating a space of family here. I told Lisa I was going to try to embarrass her like John Egan did, but I can't do that to you two weeks in a row. (laughs) But didn't John do a great job teaching through Ephesians 4? So we've had... We've had this life message um, kind of preparing for like two months. And, and then, then we're sitting over here last week and John, John says, says, turn to Ephesians 4. And we went, because we tonight, guess where we'll be? Ephesians 4. <laughs> All right. So turn to your Bibles to Ephesians 4. I'm going to invite Levi and Blakely to come up and read the word and to pray with us. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this wonderful place that we get to gather and be together and learn about your word. We thank you for your word that you gave us to guide us and to learn to be more like you. Help us to follow your example. And thank you for all that you've given to us and all the wonderful friends and family that you've provided for us. Amen. Amen. Should we trick them? Should they preach the message tonight? No, all right, all right, yeah. 
Thank you, Blakely. Thank you, Levi. Two short verses. Easy to read, hard to live out. Easy to read, hard to live out. Follow God's example or be an imitator of God. Yeah, I actually memorized this verse, probably one of the first verses I ever memorized as a kid growing up. And these days, the kids, you guys get great songs to help you memorize your verses, scripture verses, uh, that have this beautiful music to them. But unfortunately, back in the day, it was like chants for me. So, Should we hear the chant? Yes. <laughs> okay, so this is Ephesians 5, 1, and 2. So I'm adding a little bit to it, but I couldn't stop right in the middle of the chant. So here we go. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us, who gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. (laughs) Kids, come and find Leah and I after the service, and we'll teach you this cheer. (laughs) I know. But being imitators is hard. Yeah, I was having lunch with Aaron Lujan this week, and I was talking about Ephesians 5, to be an imitator of God, and he said, awesome, I'm going to put that in the top of my to-do list, be like God, be perfect like my heavenly Father is perfect, but in all reality, that is what we put on the top of our to-do list, be like God, but when I think about that, I go back to verse 32, and Paul tells the church in Ephesians the very basics. And as we were praying about the basics and I was thinking about the basics, my mom would get a kick out of this, but I thought of Coach Danley. Coach Danley was my basketball coach in high school, but he was also the basketball coach when my mom was there. So by the time I came in my senior year, Coach Danley was old. (laughs) And Coach Danley was like four foot seven and wore a blazer and loved to yell my name. (laughs) Coach Danley would start every season by pulling out a basketball and he would take us to the very basics and he would say this is a basketball and then he would climb up a ladder and drop it in the hoop and then he would tell us a story about coach wooden coach wooden coach at ucla probably has we can debate this but what record in sports will never be beaten it's got to be coach wooden's 640 plus wins and like 10 losses at division one basketball But Coach Wooden would take his players back to the basics every season. He would bring them into the locker room, and he would say, take off your shoes. They would take off their shoes, and he would say, take off your socks. And they would take off their socks. At this point, you're probably thinking, what, if you were one of those players? I'm going to get some new shoes. Yeah, right? (laughs) They would take off their socks and shoes, and then he would make them put their socks on. Every wrinkle had to be smoothed out. Then they would put the same shoe on and they would tie them together. The next sock they would put on, put the shoe on, tie the shoe. And then he would say, are there any wrinkles in your socks? Because if you get a wrinkle in your sock, you're going to get a blister. If you get a blister, you're going to miss practice. And if you miss practice, you're going to miss games. And if you miss games, we won't win a championship. Paul here takes us back to the basics. Number one, he says, be kind. Yeah, so whether you're new in the faith or you've been following the Lord for a very long time, 
it's good to go back to the basics. So the Lord's inviting us in this space. We're gonna visit some of these basics from Paul. Be kind, number one. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. We've been taught by Pastor Brady to say, come Holy Spirit. And as we remain in Christ, we can be full of the Spirit and we can live out kindness. Yeah, I grew up in uh, the suburbs of Chicago and I went to a church in, uh, near Gary, Indiana. It was called the Nice Church. And uh, that kind of can get a few smiles and laughs, but uh, it was an acronym, NICE, Northwest Indiana Church of Encouragement. But as a kid, I constantly had to explain that. Oh, no, 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 it's not like just NICE. It's Northwest Indiana Church of Encouragement. Because what else can NICE mean? We have another acronym that we use NICE for. Sometimes we can experience a NICE that means not interested to care enough. But this isn't the Lord's kind of niceness. A few verses earlier in Ephesians 4, verse 15, Paul says, Rather, speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head. Grow up into Christ. Yeah, I believe that kindness and honesty go hand in hand. And so this verse here, speaking truth in love, truth and love go hand in hand. In order to be kind, we need to speak the truth in love. So the Lord is inviting us into that tonight. Number two, family, Paul says, be compassionate. Be tenderhearted and to fill with others. Well, that's hard if you are in a hurry. How do we learn to be compassionate with one another? I believe we learn how to be compassionate by first slowing down. We live in such a fast-paced culture And how do we feel with our brothers and sisters if we don't pause to even hear how they're feeling, to see how they're feeling? Jesus was not, if you look at his life, he did not live a life of hurry. And so we are invited into that tonight. Yeah, hear hear this verse out of Psalm 145, but I wanna highlight slow. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all that he has made. Friday night, um, thank you for being compassionate with my family. You know, in 2018, my dad got sick with cancer. And you know what happened in that moment? We had to slow down. There was a beautiful moment that my mom invited us to move into the basement and we got to be better, we got to be together. But you know what happened is my mother-in-law, Patty, she would come over and she would show compassion. She organized all the linen closets, a small little thing, we're not even looking at it, but we had all these medical supplies and new things, and she took care of us. Or Pastor Gabe Jenkins, um, he brought like a mountain top of like sandwiches for us one day, so when you guys came and sat with us, and we had food, and we can be slow together. And all of a sudden, there was this abounding, there was this richness of love that we experienced. And in a lot of ways, it healed us, and we, shot, we saw the goodness of God um, through you guys. Mm-hmm. George Washington Carver says, how far you go in life depends on your being tender with the young, compassionate with the aged, 
sympathetic with the striving and tolerant of the weak and strong. Because someday in your life, you will have been all of these. It's a good reminder. Number three, and we're going to sit here for a little bit, is forgiveness. Be forgiving. Forgiveness is foundational as the life of a father, follower. Forgiveness is foundational as a Christian. What does that mean, foundational? We, we have the privilege of leading the marriage ministry here. And so we get to do a lot of premarital counselings. And it's such a joy. We get to meet with people. But we say marriage could be defined as inexhaustible forgiveness. Like it's this thing that we keep stepping into. It's inexhaustible. Like Christ is always ready to forgive us. And Christ is not like me. He somehow can cast my sin as far as the east is from the west. But I want to be an imitator of Christ. I want to be like Christ in the way that I forgive. And so I would say forgiveness is a choice that I get to, ma- I get to make to obey God. Yeah. Forgiveness is a decision, but healing is a process. Right. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has grievances against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. This command... It is a command. We, we get to respond in obedience to the Lord when we choose to freely release and freely give one another. But it has to start by receiving. So let's identify what is, for, what is forgiveness not. Yeah, Forgiveness is not a feeling. You just said that. For, forgiveness is not even an option. <laughs> and forgiveness also means I wasn't hurt. Kids, uh, it's hard. Being in school these days, um, to be like Jesus, to be a light, and to be kind in your classrooms, man, there's going to be opportunities that you're challenged to, to, to return what you've received and to, instead of returning kindness. So you're able to say, that hurt. That's not right. And then ask God to give us strength to step into the posture of forgiveness and allow him to heal you. And then maybe even it heals your friend and, this, and your school. Yeah, let's also say that forgiveness is not uh, that you have to rebuild the trust because trust and forgiveness are two separate things. Yeah, so when I look at the cross, when we look at the cross, we have to see Jesus. And what Jesus is doing is always offering forgiveness to us. He's offering restoration. He's offering us new life. So go ahead, yeah, put that slide back up. put that slide up, yeah. I love being able to have a visual because what is forgiveness then? And how do we operate in that? Well, we wanna break it down into the cross. And if you see the down arrow, that needs to start first. Receiving forgiveness from the Lord. He first forgave us and it's a gift God so loved us that he gave, and he's always giving. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get to enter into communion in just like two or three minutes. Parents, your kids are doing so great, though. Mm-hmm. In two or three minutes, we're going to enter into communion, and we're going to receive from God. But something that helped me in forgiveness was to release God from any false perceptions that we have against him. 
Jesus even said this in Luke 22. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Jesus is posturing, saying, (laughs) me going to the cross, this isn't the best idea. There's got to be a better idea. But nonetheless, Father, your will be done and not mine. If this is what you have planned, I will go. Oftentimes, we have perceptions that that year should not have been like that. That was supposed to be my best friend, and I can't believe that they did this. Or sickness comes, and we believe that God could have prevented it. And God is sovereign, he's good, and he can take it when I come to him with my perceptions, when I come to him with my hurt, and I can tell him how I feel. And if I'm mad at God, I can tell God. And then he is always then then I'm always in receiving still from God. So I can take it up vertically in prayer and I can receive the, the forgiveness from Christ also vertically in prayer. Yeah, and so then the horizontal line just goes both ways. It's forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And one of the best things that we can ever learn to say is I'm sorry. Not just I'm sorry though. Is it possible that we can say, I'm sorry, we name it, we name what we're really sorry for, and we say, I was wrong. That's probably one of the hardest things to say sometimes. Will you forgive me? Yes, and I practice. (laughs) I've been wrong, so it's not as hard for me anymore. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, man, so thank you. For, for forgiving me and in that. But then there's a process of trust that's rebuilt. There is. As we're able to name it. And we're able to have something deeper, not just with each other, but with Christ as the vertical rooted in the scriptures and vertical in prayer. And let's not forget the circle here. Forgive yourself. There is a process of forgiving yourself that uh, we need to address. Receive forgiveness from the Lord. And then be able to forgive yourself. You want to read that scripture? Yeah, Proverbs 3 says to not lean on our own understanding, right? It says to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding in all of our ways. On all of our ways, we get to acknowledge Christ and he will direct our steps. But number four, the thing that we get to go back to the basic is love. And we're going to see that love for others first comes from Christ's love for us. So we're going to invite the band to come at this time. And we're going to read again Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 out of the message. In the message version. Watch what God does and then do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. So, love like that. What, what God does mostly is love. I have some friends that came tonight. Thank you for coming. And I know that there's some new people in here. And I know not everyone has... Um, is ready to say, okay, I'm ready to imitate God. I think some of us are saying, okay, who is God? Yeah. 
what does God do? What is God like? And what God does is love. What God does is pour himself out. His body broken and his blood shed because of his love for us. Generous, never ending. He's kind. Let's put those four, four up there again. Not that I forgot them, but <laughs> what God does is love. He is kind. He is compassionate. He is forgiving. And he loves you. Yeah. Can you receive that tonight? Yeah. Can you receive that he loves you? One of the most tangible ways that I have experienced Jesus and his great love has been in company with his people, with you, with my small group, with disciples, other, others that are striving to be imitators of Christ as well. And so you may be sitting in here and saying, I need that special touch. I need to meet Jesus. I need to feel his love. And I'd say you're in a, a great place. Every kid's camp, kids come and they get to gather in this place and the Lord stokes the fire and they bring their friends and they bring their families. And so if you're a Friday nighter, there's new people coming. There's new people that are gonna step into here and we get to be the ones that are kind, compassionate, forgiving and loving towards them. Not because we do it somehow in our own strength, but because Christ is the one that we're following. And as we follow him, we become more like him. Yes. And so we have the gift of his Holy Spirit who equips so us. If you um, would stand with me, we're going to enter into communion. If you do not have communion, just raise your hand and our communion servers will come and um, serve you. There's some back here and over here. And then go ahead and start opening it because it takes about five minutes to get this open. <laughs> I want to know Christ. I'm no different than any of you in this room. We have some couple of friends right here, Chris, that are needing still communion elements. Katie, a couple more over here. over here. I want to trust in the Lord again. I want to be childlike. I want to follow God. I want to go back to the basics. I, I want people to come into, um, into my home all the time and to say, again, this is a basketball. This is how you put your socks and your shoes on. I don't want you to miss out. I don't want you to miss out on this journey with Christ. I don't want you to miss games. If you miss games, we're going to lose. God is kind to us. He's been so compassionate to me. He's been so forgiving. And he demonstrated here with his body. We come and we look this. This is a tangible gift. I love to eat. And what a beautiful thing that God made food taste good. 
He doesn't say you have to eat and go out and struggle for it and we like forcing it down. When we come to the table, God made it good. This is good for us. It should taste good. It should be a reminder that we're his, that he was broken so that we could be whole. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he gave it to us. He gave it to his disciples. And now he said, take this in remembrance of me, my body, that you may be whole. Christ's broken body for our wholeness. Receive with me. Christ's blood shed for us. It's kind of summing up Ephesians or the first John series that we went through. That God says, what is Jesus like? Jesus is love. Jesus poured out himself for us. Jesus went to the cross and his blood was shed that we may be healed. Tonight, New Life Friday night, um, you're healed. You're whole. Jesus loves you. He's so kind to you. Jesus has compassion, forgiveness. And so receive from Jesus in his blood, his blood for our healing and our wholeness. As we take some time to worship, 